Hi, welcome to Ha'ikeret, or The Message, a unique journal of original and plagiarized Jewish thought, as usual in the merit of my grandfather, Benjamin Ari ben Leah, as well as for a refuish lema for Esther Batsipora. But this week has been particularly tragic, so I'd also like to do the podcast in the merit of the IDF soldier Barel Shmueli Tzal, who passed away from his injuries this week after being shot by a terrorist by the Gaza border, as well as in the merit of the 13 U.S. service members that were killed in a suicide bombing at a Kabul airport. The names of those service members are Marine Corps Lance Corporal David Espinoza, Marine Corps Sergeant Nicole G, Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Darren Taylor Hoover, Army Staff Sergeant Ryan Noss, Marine Corps Corporal Hunter Lopez, Marine Corps Lance Corporal Riley McCollum, Marine Corps Lance Corporal Dylan R. Marola, Marine Corps Lance Corporal Karim Nakui, Marine Corps Corporal Dagan William Tyler Page, Marine Corps Sergeant Johanny Rosario, Marine Corps Corporal Humberto Sanchez, Marine Corps Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, and Navy Hospital Corpsman Max Soviak. May all of their memories be for a blessing. A few weeks after I graduated college in 2019, I staffed a Hillel International birthright trip. If you have had the immense privilege to be a participant on a birthright trip, you know that there are two very important Israeli cogs in the machine that is birthright. The first one is the Israeli bus driver, and the second one is the Israeli tour guide. Our tour guide, who we will call Ron, was your typical non-religious Israeli. Every time that I would commandeer the bus microphone to give some Torah context for a location we were going or share some fun Jewish facts, he would roll his eyes good-naturedly. And by the end of our 10 days, he had given me the title Rabbanit, which I give him a lot of credit for. Whether he knew it or not, he was being very progressive. What we call young women in Jewish contexts, i.e. Rabbanit versus Rabbitson, is a whole conversation that I welcome. So please write to me if you'd like to discuss. Ron was very averse to the religious aspects of Judaism. Alert, I'm going to make a grand oversimplification about Israeli culture. Okay, so this wasn't really surprising that he wasn't so into the Jewish stuff. There is a very deep cultural divide between religious Israelis and non-religious Israelis. Ron, like 50% of the Israeli population, served in the army and viewed such service as the citizen's responsibility as an Israeli. Haredi Jews, or ultra-Orthodox Jews, do not serve in the IDF under religious exemption, and because 53% of Haredim do live below the poverty line, they receive government funding. Haredim view themselves as the last protector of the Jewish nature of the state, and that on their merit of their full-time learning does the state of Israel stand. All of this is just to give context and not sharing my personal opinion. Basically, there's a lot of tension between these two groups, and obviously there's even more nuance within other religious groups, but we're going to leave it there for now. So I didn't really think much of Ron's aversion to Judaism. It seemed pretty typical to me. But on the last day of our trip, he shared something really beautiful. After Ron's army service, like many Israelis, he traveled. In India specifically, he was fascinated by Buddhism and the deep ancient connection that those he met in India felt to their ancestors. He found himself wishing that he too had an ancient connection to an ancient people. Interestingly enough, Jews account for as many as a third of all non-Asian Buddhists in North America, so there's definitely something there between Judaism and Buddhism. Ron wanted to be connected to ancient people like those he met in India until he realized he was. Of course he was, Ron was a Jew. 
a Jew whose ancestors stood at the foot of Har Sinai, Mount Sinai, and heard Hashem, God, speak the first of the two Aseret Hadibrot, the Ten Commandments. He was a Jew that had actualized the hope of thousands of years, returning to live in the land of Israel and, and being a, one of a free people. Ron has spent his whole life living in the ancient Jewish homeland, but didn't appreciate it until leaving the nest. Ron saw us silly Americans as being more connected to our Judaism from 7,000 miles away than he was living in Israel. To him, we were willing to schlep across the ocean to connect, and he wondered maybe if he was too close to it. In this week's Parsha, Netzavim, our Brit, our covenant with God is renewed, this covenant of promising to uphold God's mitzvot. This covenant is not only with all of B'nai Yisrael that were present, but also with those of future generations. Why is that relevant? Because the next section goes on to describe how future generations may stray from the derech Hashem, the way of God in life. The Torah tells us that we are curious people, that we will be drawn by other aspects of other religions. And just like Ron was, Ron says that he was fascinated by the spirituality, the connectedness of Buddhists to nature, and the greater world. Ron felt that Judaism was too dogmatic and too sterile to be related to. But the thing is, so much of Judaism is spiritual and connected too. How do we communicate this, that there is such a depth to Judaism? My answer is inspired education, and that's a conversation for another day, but the truth is we don't need to travel to India to find our way home, or, or we shouldn't have to. I always think about Ron when I read Nitzabim, and here's the part that I think is particularly resonant. For this commandment which I command you this day is not concealed from you, nor is it far away. It is not in heaven, lo bashamayim he, that you should say, Who will go up to heaven for us and fetch it for us, to tell it to us that we can fulfill it? Nor is it beyond the sea, velo me'ever layam, that you should say, Who will cross to the other side of the sea for us and fetch it, to tell it to us so that we can fulfill it? Rather, this thing is very close to you. Ki karov alecha hadivar me'od. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can fulfill it. Ki karov alecha hadivar me'od. This thing is very close to you. I find this line so impactful. This communicates to me that Torah is for everyone, that mitzvot are for everyone, and that God is accessible to everyone. But that doesn't preclude us from having to actively look for God in, in the world. And it reminds me of this really adorable scene from the Pixar movie Soul. So in Seoul, we have Joe Gardner, who is an aspiring jazz performer. He finally gets his big break when he suddenly falls down a manhole. Unwilling to accept that he must die before achieving his dream, he embarks on a mission to get back to Earth. And after finally getting his chance at giving a dream performance in his dream concert, Joe reflects to the leader of the band that he doesn't feel so different. Enter this beautiful scene. Here's the transcript. I heard this story about a fish. He swims up to this older fish and says, I'm trying to find this thing they call the ocean. The ocean, says the older fish, that's what you're in right now. This, says the young fish, this is water. What I want is the ocean. So like Ron in discovering his connection to an ancient people, like Joe in discovering his great dream, and like us in making our lives meaningful, the meaning is always there. It is always close to us. We just have to actively choose to look for it. So that's the energy I'm taking with me this week. I hope that you can too. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you liked what you heard. Wishing you a Shabbat Shalom.